Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is episode number five of Beyond the Dog with Lynn Bokey. As you know, I have difficulty with technology, and it's been a little while since I put an episode up. It's because I have four interviews that I have uh, completed. Unfortunately, each one of those, uh, only one microphone worked. Uh, It's no excuse. I'm an idiot when it comes to technology, but I am learning. I did, however, find a program, uh, Premiere, uh, I'm sorry, it's Adobe Premiere and Adobe Audition, where I can take the interviews and put them in there and edit them um, to be better than they actually are. There's a, a voice uh, leveler, equalizer, what have you, and it uh, brings it as close to even as possible so you can hear everybody. And it even uh, takes out the S's and the hums and the background noise. And I just barely started it. So I can't wait to really get into it and learn how to, how to make it even better. The only other thing I know I need to figure out is how to stop breathing so heavily like that. Maybe I got to breathe through my nose. Let's see if I can do that. No, no, that's still just as loud. So before I start the interview, let me go ahead and give you the email address for the show. That is askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. Once again, that is askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. Send me questions, comments, concerns, anything you want. Uh, my, my website is also schoolofdogpsychology.com, www.schoolofdogpsychology.com. Have a few new programs up there for you to check out if you're interested. So let's go ahead and, and hear this interview that I hopefully edited uh, well enough for you to hear. I think I did for a brand new guy on technology. And I mean brand new, like three years old. I'm a three-year-old. I've been trying this for three years. I am three years old when it comes to the understanding of this. It's ridiculous. Um, But here we go. The interview with girls at Forever Home Rescue. Sitting here with a couple of ladies from, oh. Forever Home Rescue. That's right. That's F-U-R-E-V-E-R in Minnesota. Rescue rock stars they are. (laughs) Tanya Richter and... Emily Hansen. Oh, she likes to jump in there. That's good. So if I have a twang to my voice while I'm talking, it's because I've been spending the last week out here in uh, Rimmer, Zimmerman, Minnesota. It's quite lovely out here. I guess the snow has been here an extra month. Yeah. It's supposed to be April showers bring me flowers. I know. It is lots of snow and ice. Both layered on top of each other. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I like the name Forever Home. Forever Home. Ever since I've been working with dogs, people are always looking for that forever home. And you guys have it. At the Healing Haven. All right. You have it trademarked. We do. Are you going to take advantage of that? Forever Home. It's ours forever. Forever. <laughs> I don't know why Tanya's not talking. She's there. She is. I don't want to do She's acting pretty shy, but she is not. Tell me about. Tell me about Forever Home. How long has it been? Uh, how long have you been working with it? I started Forever Home Rescue in September of 2013. Oh, so it's pretty new. Yeah, four and a half years. Okay. And when did you come on board, Emily? Yeah, three years ago. Yeah, about three years. Let me tell you first that you guys pull and work with um, the more difficult dogs that other rescues will not. And cats. Correct. No, I haven't gotten to the cats yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we specialize in medical and behavioral cases. What what brought you to that? Why why did you decide to do that rather than the numbers game? Uh, Because I saw a need for it. I saw a need for it in our community. There's a lot of rescues in Minnesota. There's over 300. That is a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot. It's a huge rescue community. And 
I seem to gravitate to the ones that everyone else left behind. And those were the ones I always wanted to help, so I decided to help them. What do you think that is? That left behind. What's that? What's the significance there? I just always seem to see something in those animals that maybe other people don't see. If there's a dog bite, for instance, the dog says, or somebody says this dog has a bite history, we don't just say, okay, move on. We ask. We want to know what kind of a bite, what happened, what was happening when it happened. You know, we, we always are looking for more to really figure out what's going on in the situation instead of just a quick label. Just the word bite yeah. and nobody looks into it. That's good. Yeah. You want to see the dog. You want to see if it's real. Yeah, a lot of bites with dogs are human error. And why should an animal suffer the ultimate consequence from human error? It's not fair. This is true. What do you, how do you feel the, that you're accepted into this area with the other rescues? Rescues are hard in general. I mean, I think everywhere, every rescue community, um, there's a bit of a divide. Then, you know, there's groups that work together, groups that don't, you know, it's how it works. But I think um, we are well known for taking dogs and cats that other people um, are less likely to take or, you know, um, there's, I mean, there is other rescues that will take medical cases too. And they're well known for that too. You know, if there's a mega E dog, there's certain groups that I'll think of that would be good for that dog. And we've kind of become that one for urgent medicals, especially a dog that just got shot in the face by a police officer or um, hit by a car or the situation where things get leery, like it's found, but it's a stray, but it needs medical attention, but animal control can't offer it that. So we're more willing to kind of bend and work with the rules and do the stray hold, but do the care, but not break any laws. We're a little bit more um, looking into every situation instead of just doing the skimming off the top kind of well, it's, life. it's too bad that the rescues don't work together like this dog would your rescue the people that come to your rescue would be quicker to adopt this one and the one that you have over here might be better for the people that come visit our sites it's difficult because yeah. i think with so many rescues there's everybody has their own idea of what rescue is and ours is very different than other people's and then you have some people that only pull from out of state some people that only pull local some people that just do cats or just do dogs or are breed specific so you know why would why would they pull dogs from out of state aren't there enough here there. Tanya will bite her tongue on this one. No, I, I don't want you to bite but your tongue. I, I am very, um, that's a very heated topic for me because... I can see you're flush right I, now and you're, you're not so flush of a person. So because <laughs> I, the argument is always that a life is a life, which yes, that's a valid argument. However... In this state, with the amount of animals that we have up for euthanasia and the heavy load of rescues that we have, there's no reason that there should be any animals dying in shelters here. None whatsoever. If you can't fix the problems at home first, you have no business fixing problems elsewhere. So just pulling in truckloads of animals every week isn't going to solve what we have going on here. Now, am I saying you can't ever do that? No, but I also have kind of an opinion that if you're going down south and you're sending a truck down there to pull 50 to 80 puppies and you're bringing them back up here, what are you doing to fix the population problem there? Because if you're just pulling puppies constantly, you're doing nothing to slow down the spigot and you're not fixing any problem. You're just rehoming puppies. Well, and it's benefiting. I mean, we, so I'm more of a, I see everybody having their own purpose. And as long as you're you really work at what you're good at. I like that. And I think that it takes all of us to do it. And I do understand that, you know, if you want to be a larger organization, I mean, we know we struggle with it all the time, that staying the way that we do and having our morals the way that we do. And it's very hard. We struggle every month to do what we do. It's very hard when you see other people having, you know, a million dollars in the bank and they're taking easy cases, but those dogs still need to be saved too. So I get it. I just, I am with Tanya when it comes to, if I'm gonna go, if sometimes we'll pull from out of state too, we're not totally against it, but if I'm pulling from that shelter and I'm making money off of the dogs that they're sending to me for a, to adopt out, I'm asking them, 
What? Tanya right now has a fundraiser up to get a shelter out of St. Karanda beds. How can I help you? How can I? You have a lot of heartworm positive animals. Do you not have a lot of low cost heartworm preventative options for people there? Like how do we actually stop instead of just benefiting off of the problem is kind of where that's where we are very the same. Yeah. On that. Like we pulled from a shelter in North Carolina and we got three cats and two dogs. So instead of just saying, hey, thanks for the cats and the dogs, we actually raised $1,500 for spay and neuter efforts at the shelter. For that one in... For that one shelter for three cats and two dogs. Yeah, it's very important to us that we're helping where we're... If, they're, if we're helping them, we're helping them. We're not just... I mean, I, they do need those kennel spaces, I get that. But, you know, I don't want to... if. A mom cat or a mom dog here, if someone owns a dog and they're having puppies and every time they do, they say, I need rescue for the puppies. There's no business just taking the puppies every time. All right. There's because they grow up and then the problems happen and oh, now we yeah. get more adults. And we, don't, we don't do that here. I know you don't. We do. take the puppies, we take the kittens, and then we, hey, let me spay and neuter mom and dad for you. But when you're doing that from down south and you're shipping them up here, you're not controlling the population problem, which is never ending in some of these areas so you're not so, fixing a problem right i know you both are very passionate about that. that's one of the thing things like that i really everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things i want to help you with is that you want to fix everything yeah. and i'm helping you understand that you need to fix the things that are in front of you first and for those of you who don't don't know this right now i have uh shadow programs and one of them is to work with a rescue and and i spend five days with them and help shift and change things in the rescue help them with specific dogs that they're having issues with and kind of just loosen the jar a little bit and help them move on and that is what we're talking about right here what's the most significant thing you've learned i have two Oh, oh! You see, she's she's got to have. She wants to fix all of them, all of the problems. So she doesn't want one significant thing. She has to have two. My two are um, first, not correcting a problem, but stopping the problem from happening by teaching the animal, letting the animal learn on its own. It's better not to do it that way. That's a whole different way of thinking here, and I think. Everyone would benefit from that. I mean, every rescue, every shelter, every owner, it is a completely different way of thinking and it's bonding. It's the human animal bond is way stronger that way. Mm -hmm. You're not just saying no all the time. You're right. saying you're focused on what you want them yeah, to do. Exactly. And I mean it's positive, it's very um, I mean, I've never had so much fun working with them right. before. That's one of the I first things you did. You mean I can have fun? I was always told like you don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And it became this very, I had to be kind of like a robot and very, you know, quiet and structured and being able to, you know, give them that, but also let them have a little outlet is, um, I mean, I, we see the change in them already. I mean, they're able to go and have a little fun and um, use their nose and, you know, and then while they're learning yeah. and fun and learning is fun exactly most people misunderstand discipline as a, a form of punishment it's the most uh, underutilized form of exercise learning something that is a rule and uh, i think that you guys are doing really great with everything i've been showing you and and you've been sticking with it i love that about you guys that's what we're here. I mean, we mean business. We're not. <laughs> we're not. We don't have to do anything. I mean, right. we're we're all in. That's what I mean. When we got the haven, that was the way it was. It was like we're just going to do it, and figure it out. It's never been done. We're going to get it over with. And just so everybody knows, the haven. What they're talking about is this ranch that they have. They have like seventy nine acres. Is it seventy eight? Seventy eight acres. And where I've been staying for this last week is like a log cabin. Well, not like a log cabin. It is a log cabin. I mean, it's just amazing in here and. Uh, everywhere out here it, it, with the snow. I haven't seen snow in like 20 years, so I got to see all forms of snow while I was here. Um, what, what's the second thing that you... Slowing things down. Right. And how that actually makes things go faster. Right. That, I mean, that's, that's a big thing. And I mean, we started slowing things down back in August when Angela visited. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, she was staying with me. I was basically just giving her a place to stay and I wasn't trying to tap her knowledge in all ways, but you know, she's, it's who she is. So she's not going to hold it back. So and she's talking, uh, Emily's talking about Angela Adden from, uh, deserving dogs. Well, uh, I mean, to make it 
to explain a little bit more how we even know like this exists is we have uh, we have a dog here that's a severe resource garter and I had sent a video to Angela and she said I mean right away Lynn can do my mentor well, he can do that he can help and if he you mm. we're teaching her and we loved her so much it was like done deal I mean Right. Tanya was like, I will drive her to where she is right now or wherever he is. <laughs> what do we need to do? But having you come out is a lot more, you know, these dogs, if we teach them and are working with them here and doing everything you're teaching us and hand them off and don't pass that knowledge along, we're not doing them any good. So we right. need to learn. Otherwise it's, I mean, it's good while they're here. And then just like we always say, like we're trying to fix the problem. We can't, have them great here and then hand them off and have them not have that same mindset when they leave. Otherwise we're not setting them up to succeed. Which is an extension to the slowing down uh, thing you learned, which instead of taking in every single dog, because it does tear at your heartstrings, you got to learn to say no so that we can really help these dogs and benefit them when they go into a home instead of, okay, next, next. And then maybe they come back. Maybe they, they, things get worse. It's better to help a few great than to try and help a whole bunch. Do what we're good at. That's right. Like we, well, we needed to think outside of the box. We were stuck in a box, always trying to do the same things. We were reaching out for help and we were getting the same kind of and, you know, stockpile, like, oh, stockpile, put them in there, don't yeah. let them out. Obedience. Obedience. So it's basically just containing it. So management, more. you know, yeah. proper management to ensure these things don't happen. But we weren't really fixing the problems. We were just containing them. Yeah. And so we weren't moving forward. And that's what, what I saw right away is the containment that was about, the, I mean, each dog was just vibrating. And, I mean, yeah. you have pretty good sized runs for these dogs and it was, the energy was just like, I didn't, can't contain this this dog anymore that um but now they're they got a nice little oh they're thriving yeah. i mean and it's it's only been a week yeah. <laughs> I mean, well i mean on day two yeah it's only been a week. day one so tanya what's the most significant thing you learned um i would say for me it's just being mindful of what i'm putting out there that the dogs are picking up off mm-hmm. from me because I was always the person who came in the door and I was singing and happy to see mm-hmm. them, giving them treats. And, and I took that happiness as like, oh, yay, you're here. But I really, I was just hyping them up. And then I was leaving them in their space, hyped up, which was doing them a disservice. Right. And that's a big problem out there is that we, whether we create uh, excitement in them or concern in them when we leave uh, the dog at home and go to work or what have you, then they're left with that. Uh, and you guys have heard me say that many times, end things the way you want them to begin. And so if you leave a dog in, in a heightened state of mind, they've got nothing else to do but uh, in that heightened state of mind. And that creates other problems. But I think a lot of have the same issue I have. Oh, oh, yeah. And then you're like, "Hi, Nana, I'm happy to see you too." You think it's happiness, and it's it's just creating. Well, even petting, creating stress for them. You see people petting dogs when they're nervous. I'm nervous. Why am I petting the dog? Because I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. The dog doesn't want this at all. You know, but it's you're happy, so you're happy. Right. So one of the things that I. I enjoy about you, Tanya, is that you're a happy-go-lucky person, and and I don't believe that you've taken it personally when I've asked you to calm the hell down when you come inside. The cat's still like <laughs> yes, well, and you you are the the side of the cat for, for pretty much. You you deal with mostly the cats, and, and you, yeah, you pop over with the dogs, but you are. We kind of do the same thing. I'm mainly dogs, but I pop over with cats, and she's mainly like when there's a cat thing. I'm like even just today. I'm like, look at this barf. What's going on with this? And she's like picking it apart. Yeah. Like all oh. of a sudden there's like this, whoa, what's that? I was just like, it's vomit. Tanya, help. It's a good balance. Yeah, you guys work well together, really well together. 
And you got scratched up pretty good today by a cat, yeah. huh? Was it Demon or was no. it? No, Demon probably would have gotten each other. He's a sweetheart. He doesn't like pills crammed down his throat. Yeah. They're big girl stuff. I can't imagine any cat would like a pill. out of my burrito I put him in and he got me a couple times. <laughs> That'll learn you. Yep. <laughs> I need to go in with long sleeves. Honestly, when I first came I didn't know that you guys had cats. And that's the first thing I saw when I got here. I was like, cats. And I actually um, had cats my whole childhood. That's really the only place I got my affection was cats. And cats are pretty solitary. So when one got bored, I just picked up the next one. I had like 20 of them. <laughs> and so I was really happy when I got to go see the cats. And you, were, you made a best friend, too. Yeah. yeah uh, Butterscotch. But, oh, Butterscotch, that guy. Yeah. Well, Bessie, uh, go ahead. Cat whisper. <laughs> Bessie has been here for... A few months. Oh, I would say maybe four or five months. And she will go up. We have glass sliding doors to their rooms. And she'll go up and scratch at it, show her belly. She's all super excited, and everyone always wants her. But when you open the door, she runs, and you can never touch her. She literally flies through the air from shelf to shelf across the room. That's what you said to me first. No one's ever touched her. And I said everything to avoid touch at all. Right. I tell Lynn, no one's ever touched that cat. And he's like, game on. Like, <laughs> under 10 minutes he's in there petting this cat and he'd been here for maybe 15 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like late at night and he's just like petting yeah, this I cat he came here to help the dog but right. he apparently is retraining our cats well it was great of it same work for me once Bessie was is her name once she realized that she wasn't going to get hurt she I mean she expressed so much social mm -hmm. I want to be social well, she was rubbing into you too after a while then everybody got to pet her mm -hmm. At the same time. At the same time. She's not necessarily like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's not saying, hey, this is a, a party, but she's kind of confused. Like, why is it? Why was I waiting so long to be touched? Why do I like this? And with a little time, you guys will be able to... She'll be a, an amazing cat. Especially when Butterscotch is in Oh, actually, to tell you the truth, Butterscotch helped me with her because uh, once, and I, when I say cornered, I didn't corner and trap her. I just let her, she moved, she ran to one side, I let her. I walked to the other side. Uh, when I went to reach for her, she ran. I let her again and again and again until she kind of got to the point where I got nowhere else to run. And he's not really trying to hurt me. And she did not want me to touch her at that point, but Butterscotch came over and Butterscotch was all over. I, I had my arms up on the, the ledge where Bessie was and Butterscotch thought that was a bridge. So he started to climb on my arms over, over onto my head. Yeah. And then he came back over and I utilized Butterscotch when he was in Bessie's view of me. Uh, and then I would touch her. And so Butterscotch actually helped me. I do that a lot with dogs as well. Um, but that was a, a fun thing. That was good. Tony was astonished. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he just keeps going at the window. Where's Lynn? Was <laughs> I, he was not doing that before. I can't go down there because he'll just do it for 20 minutes. Open, 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 open. So, but how many cats do you have here? Oh, man. You got them all over the place. You got some down at the, the pole barn. You got a few that got the dog somewhere around 30. That's yeah. a lot. That's, That's a lot of cats. But you take in the hard cases, so yeah. the ones down on the pole barn are the, the more feral ones, correct? Those are hoarding cases. Oh, God, yeah. So well, it's really basically a feral. No, yeah. they aren't. When they're hoarding... They... Feral cats can survive outside on their own. Okay, but when they have so many cats in one, and right. they just they're not domesticated. Socialized. Yeah, but they're under-socialized, but they are not... Wild. They're not they to the point. They can't fend for themselves. Yeah. They can't fend for themselves, but their behavior is very feral. You can't even get near oh, a bunch of them. Some of them you can. I would disagree. Okay. Well, what <laughs> I saw and the name you gave the demon. The oh, she, she is more feral than. Yeah. I mean, what we normally do is take in ones that are supposedly feral or from hoarding cases and put them in there first. So then, and then you can like chill. You can quickly see whether some were just shelter stress. Mm. Um, you know, some cats, if you just put them, you bring them to someone's house, they act that way. So um, we just basically give them a chance. And there's a few that actually have moved out of there. There's one upstairs that hangs out with my cat 
Um, we've had two actually move out there and get adopted. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, ones you can't even touch that got adopted. <laughs> What's interesting, too, is is the way uh, I've never been to Minnesota before, but apparently when they catch a feral cat and they spay and neuter it, they clip the tip of the ear. Well, that's a that's across the board. Most places do that. Really? Yeah. Well, I, one of my dogs is from Florida, and when I uh, lift him up and look at his belly, he's got, like, the tattoo. tattoo. I'm like, yeah. what the... Yeah, I can't tell that his balls are gone. I mean, what? And it's the male sign. Like, this is a male. Yeah. Okay. You'd be surprised. Wow. Sometimes, you know, people wonder. It's helpful with space. Oh, sure, because you see one out there. Okay, we don't, that one's not reproducing. Don't worry about it. Well, especially with space, too, because then they're not getting cut open. Mm. Right. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. So, how many dogs? We've got, what? Three downstairs, one upstairs, and five in the pool. Six in the pool right now. Yeah. Yeah, so we're up to ten from nine. And then and I've got three of mine. Yes, and one of them is famous. Butters. Butters. What, what's the uh, Instagram for Butters? His Instagram is Dis Butters because he always says, Dis my butt. Dis that. But. Dis nice is his other one. His Facebook is just nice. Dis sure. Dis and that. Dis my mom. Yeah. Dis is my friend, Lynn. Yes. Yeah. Right. He does like He is a beautiful, thick, blue pit bull, you know. A lot of the blue pits I've been seeing in a really lean almost they almost look like uh like a greyhound or yeah. a whippet but uh he's got a thick thick skull and he's just really beautiful he is a gorgeous boy he also has great almond eyes uh, yes A-S-P-C-A-I is when he's in his He's napping in his full now. And then one of my other favorites that you have, uh, this is not yours, um, Zeus. A bit, what is he, like a Great Dane they, something you know, they, mix? They said, he was, um, they said he came from a breeder, that, um, and he was a pit bull boxer, which is not a breed. So. Right. <laughs> but I, I definitely see more like Dogo or, right. or something. He's not as big as a Great Dane. Yeah, so. he's got no, legs, he's for, got day. legs yeah. for days. For days. We also call him Giraffe Dog. Yes. yes. And he's awesome. Love Bug. He's a good dog. Yeah, and he's almost all white. He's actually got the same colorings as my dog, Kellev. Uh, completely white, but the, he's got the guy liner on one eye, and he's got a little shade, of, a tan shade, and then the pigment is missing in the other eye. And, and he's out there in the snow, and it's snowing. I was like, I can't even see you. Yeah, it's just that one eye. Yeah. One eye that's got some brown and black. That's <laughs> yes, right. But, uh, Beautiful, and then you have a you have a blind dog of your personal. Yeah, she well, and she's only um, she's what fourteen now, so she's only been blind for four or five years. She's um, got a little sonar going. Yeah, she, she's, she's a smart oh, dog. Table. Oh, yep. Chair. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's a smart girl. She can get off the stairs. I don't let her go down, but um, she gets around really well. She's a smart girl. Mm-hmm. He's a happy old lady. And then, and then your man brought a dog. You guys yeah. have been together for eleven years, yeah. so it's it's your dog too. And that's Bella, well, right? Even though um, I would still say I it's his dog. It. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. I think I always joke Bella that Bella does not share Gordon. No. Mm-hmm. If I was swimming in a lake, I'm convinced that she would come and sit on my head and try and drown me. Like I really think she would. <laughs> when Gordon's her. not looking. That's her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, let me help you here. Just yeah. check it out. Check it out under the water. She loves everything. One, but her love with the dad is a little different. Yeah, yeah, she's a good dog. And so I've been working with uh, uh, Petunia, yes. the, the resource guarder. Yeah. We've made some great progress with her. Um, one of the things that's um, tough is when you have a dog that's been in multiple homes or been worked with multiple trainers, and it's and they've yes, and they've got the resource guarding, and and no one ever really I'm doing my air quotes wins, and so the dog. Uh, is rewarded for that. It's like playing poker. And a lot of the times when when you guys and your volunteers uh, were working with her, whether she was guarding a mouse or a, a rawhide, the fear of getting bit causes them to just leave it in there. And that's another poker chip. Right. (laughs) Or, you know, it's common you see on the Caesar show where you use the tennis racket, but people misinterpret what that is. And so they put it out there and let the dog bite on it and bite on it and they pull it and pull it. That's not, it's it's just to make sure that you don't get bit. And so uh, even though you were doing your best, you could see the holes in that, that broom. And once you saw the first time, as soon as she 
had a hold of something, I let go and she let go. And so my point is, is that she has had lots of practice in, in the humanized way of how things are dealt with. And uh, today we saw a really big turn where she was actually a dog and realized, okay, there's a conversation happening here. And we got to see incremental uh, movements giving me space. And, um, giving you some respect. Yeah, it was beautiful to see. Um, uh it's it's hard to do in a in an environment that's filled with other dogs that are right next door. <laughs> yeah, and they're like poking their head up over, hey. Yeah, which, you're next to a great dame. <laughs> the other thing. And then they bark, and when things are going so well, and you're like, oh, she's about to let it go, and then a dog barks at her, and then she's ah. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the process. Take the time. Yeah. And uh, and she's and other than that. That's the, her only issue. Yeah, it's her only issue. As soon as as soon as she gives that up, um, we start walking. She's like, "Hey, how you been?" Like that other thing didn't ever happen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And then there's uh, Tia. Yeah. And this dog is. I've never worked with a dog that had so much tension in its muscles, and and you can imagine going through um, this type of life. It's like a boy's home or a group home or yeah. foster's homes, you know. And so you never really know what what's next and and so she, her whole body's like folded a little bit because she's got she's this like a hunched spring. Cat. But that's something we didn't ever pick up on until you came here. Oh, I knew that it was like, hunched when she was. We walk. saw it, but we didn't put the puzzle pieces together to realize like that's tension she's carrying. We mm-hmm. need to help her let that oh, yeah. And the first thing we found out right away is when I started to touch her, her threat perception of, of you know, the vulnerable spots, yeah. you know, she got me a few times and, you know, part of the process is not to be mad or angry or to correct more uh, quotes, not correcting the dog. I understand what you're going through. Let me, let me help you. And so... A couple of times working with her, then she's like, "Hey, she's leaning. Uh, let me show you my undercarriage." <laughs> she's like, "Here's my booty. Yeah, do your thing. And you rub it. Why are you quitting?" And then after we started seeing success, hey, can you do this dog? Can you do this dog? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, part of the thing that I I want all rescues, anybody, even if you just get your own uh, dog from a, a rescue or a puppy, start handling the dog. You know, touching it in areas, and the best thing. In a rescue is to help them get past that before they go into a home. It can right because we did not know that. It's okay. You're not. Been, you know, just well, we would have. We, we been, didn't. We were like, don't touch because if it's the wrong state of mind, you're gonna go ahead and tell her it's good. So mm-hmm. it was like, no one's touching anyone. So this is way better. It's not. We're not affectionate, but we can still touch right. them. Right. Right. Move them. We can. You know. They but, need to be handled. Yeah, but before yeah. you came, we didn't. We didn't know that about Tia. Oh, yeah. We didn't know she had those sensitive spots that would, she would react that oh. way. So then what would have happened if we would have put her in the car? Exactly. With somebody, a so child who wanted to cuddle. Oh, yeah. And she would have been. That's all I did was movements that are normal in everyday life, picking up, put them on a, in the car or. Well, and uh, honestly, any situation where you're not in a home where things aren't more likely to happen, which is exactly what we have here, um, now it's a thing. I mean, now we're talking about making sure that we go through this with every dog because we need to set them up to succeed. And we're not gonna do that if we're not doing things. And it's building trust with them. We're helping them work through things. And that's our job as a rescue. And that's know? that's a, a big part of, you're like a bigger version of a foster. Yeah. And my ideas on fosters and rescues is you're to facilitate that transition from uh, shelter into a, a home life. And just putting a bunch of dogs in and saying we're, we're rescuing them and finding them homes without solving the smallest well, of... just feeding them and letting them all yes. go to the bathroom is not enough. Right. Yeah. But we think, as humans, we think that uh, we're doing well, good work. Well, to take more of them. Right. You're just getting them in and out. But you... Then we get overwhelmed. Yes, exactly. But... I, I, I believe you guys see that less is absolutely more in this case. And I've always... Since I started my rescue, I've always felt like we take the harder cases, so we have to make sure we're doing our due diligence to find them the best homes because they've already been through something, some transition of some sort. So we have to do our due diligence to make sure that we're finding the best home for the dog. 
but this is taking it to a whole other yeah. step. Yeah, the due diligence though is... Right. We thought we were doing our due diligence, but then we started to see we should be doing more. Yeah. You know, we need, we called this place the healing haven because we wanted it to be a place where they could come and really discover what it is they needed from us to make them feel better. And so this has just been like the next step in that process that we were that we were missing. Yeah. Well, and it's important that everybody reevaluates themselves. I mean, you have to always learn. You can't think just because you're good at this one thing. Mm. Oh, I'm real good at feeling leukemia cats. Doesn't mean I yeah. should never be researching what's the best food to feed them or what's changing. Yeah, you guys do a lot of the. Yeah, you have to be, and you, I mean, needs to be your thing. Well, rescue is much more than just getting an animal out of the shelter. Right, that's just the pull part. That's The rescue's when they're adopted, right? It always, there's always seems to be this mentality of once they're safe, great, on to the next. That's not the case. There's a whole process that needs to happen, and then they need to go to a home. And now you're seeing that... And in between, we can do much better now. Yeah, and we got a treadmill today to help, too. We did. Shelly, one of our dedicated volunteers donated a truck. And it's a pretty damn nice treadmill. I was like, whoa. She was very sad to lose her comforter dryer. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big thing. <laughs> Humans, they ends up being like a laundry rack. Yeah. You know, but uh, I want to get some good use in that before I take off. That's going to really help you. And when you, when you have few people here, you've got one on the treadmill, one you can walk, one on the treadmill, one you can uh, bathe or the, just doing those little things things and because you're a rescue and you know i'm i'm taught and i come from the background where you got to go for long walks and 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 drain energy but it's very difficult when you have so many to take care of and so back on the discipline part you know learning the biggest parts of the daily life that almost every client I've ever had has problems with entering and exiting doors and getting out of the vehicles, the beginning of the walk, the food. We're doing multiples of that They're getting a little bit of a walk, but you're getting them in or getting them out of the run calmly. They're learning how to accept the, uh, the leash, then get out of the, hey, have some water, Zeus. He's a camel. Um, in and out of the, the kennel on the leash, taking our time to get out of the door from the pole barn and how to behave every step of the walk. Uh, and it's just not as far because we can't go that far. And then the process uh, repeats itself coming back. Those bits and pieces are, very, are vital for when they get into a home. I know that I'm supposed to uh, wait patiently at the door. I know I'm supposed to wait patiently for food. I'm waiting patiently. I'm not so excited and jumping on you when I want to go for a walk. Those are the the tough things to to take care of when they actually get in home. So doing that multiple times here by getting them in and out is, is just the best way um, well, to help. And, uh, and to, on top of that, one thing that I've noticed is, like, for example, Piper. Mm-hmm. She's Piper Tusok. That's a Minnesota Piper Tusok. <laughs> <laughs> She's typically very dog reactive especially I haven't seen her react once right so getting her in a calmer state of mind like when I was walking her today and I was passing everybody she did great you did great by normally the way. she's very reactive and today she was just kind of like oh that's them okay well we have stuff going on over here I need to smell on the ground mm-hmm. so just by getting her in a calmer state of mind actually is already correcting a problem that we thought we had to correct on its own right and we didn't well, I think we're, we're bonding with her more where, I mean, if it's your only dog in your house, you develop that bond quicker than you do here when you have multiple dogs. And when they're trusting you, you're in control of the situation. They don't need to be so reactive. You know, you got it. It's okay. We can just walk and pee and, you know, there's nothing to be so upset about out there. A lot of the dogs have trust with you, but they don't have the respect. Exactly. Some of them have respect, but no trust. Yep. And so we're seeing the balance mm-hmm. and the results of that balance is, I mean, in five days. Yeah. Five days with all these dogs and these dogs don't have a home. Right. That's great. So yeah, how, how do you... Like this is a big deal. How do you raise funds to keep... Hi, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Zeus is here. He, Zeus wants to talk to everybody. We, honestly, most of our... Most of our donations come from 
our Facebook reach. Well, just real quick, if someone wanted to donate. PayPal.me slash Forever Home Rescue with a U. Okay. And so the, the, the Facebook page is Forever Home. Forever Home Rescue. Right. With a dash. With a dash There's in between. a couple of them. Fur, F-U-R, dash, ever, home. home, not homes, rescue. There you go. Our handle is Forever Home Rescue, M-N. Nice. I don't know that part because I'm on my computer. <laughs> That's my job. Well, neither am I. As, as you could see me trying to get this... Uh, all this technical <laughs> equipment together. I thought for sure we weren't going to get this done. I said. Sometimes you just got to close and reel. Oh, and that's what we did. I mean, that's really what we've done with the dogs. Yep. Begin again. Yep. Mm. You got to practice it with your computer. That's right. Well, <laughs> well, I hear you. So, uh, tell me when your next fundraiser is. What? What's that? Right now, you're asking for funds for the, the beds. About 30 seconds here, you can go on our website and just give us money. <laughs> <laughs> we, so we're always fundraising. And uh, one of our, I think, our biggest battles is since we take so many medical behavioral cases, we're, the way we stay afloat here is we make sure that we're always fundraising for each case to cover the cost. Yeah. So, but then we're asking all the time. So basically... What we're trying to do is more fundraisers in general so we can get a good padding that we're not always, because, you know, we could have five cats at the same time and we have fun, five fundraisers going. It gets the reason I think that we struggle the most is because we don't have a high volume. Mm. So for a lot of grants, they go based on numbers. Okay. We don't have a high volume because we take harder cases, so they tend to stay longer. We don't have... So we got to go to the individual people and get money. Yeah, so we need... Our niche is the people that root for the underdog. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, we, we, for example, we had a $15,000 medical cat. Mm. People did not agree with the cat. But that's... It had a tumor. Uh, well, and it had a very good outcome. Healthy, healthy happy, normal life, if this was corrected. And so we treat our animals and our rescue as if they were our own. And so, you know... That was a difficult spot to be in, but especially since it was a tumor that wasn't on the outside of the body. And I hate mm. to get morbid, but honestly, yeah. if you don't have like an injured animal in a photo and it looks perfectly it. healthy, yeah, nobody's it's good. really hard. And for a cat, cats are harder. Yeah. Um, we've yeah. really learned what, what's easy, like for me to say yes to something and know that I need to get a fundraiser up, but we need the money now. I've really learned what things are going to be easier for me to fundraise for, what things are easier for Tanya to fundraise for. But to give everyone an idea... We did like 226 adoptions last year. That's pretty it's, awesome. But in comparison to other rescues, it's like what they do in a month or right. a week. Right. So it's really hard. But, but our average, when we figured out what we spent on vetting last year and the animals we pulled, we averaged like $450 an animal. So That's really not that bad when you think about it. Uh, more than we make all yes. the time. So yeah, that's the problem. We really rely on donations. So the best way to help us is reoccurring donations. Right. So we need or to, to just give us money to pay off the haven. <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be She's blunt like, and honest. If you want to give us seven million dollars, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Great. Some people don't understand until you put it in perspective. But yeah, I mean, we, there's places that um, we see rescues all the time get donations from you know like local big companies that literally I'm sure they take and they put towards whatever that we would literally die if we got. Right. I mean, our largest donation and it's double what we've ever gotten was twenty six thousand dollars, and we about died. Yeah. And it was for I was sobbing hysterically, yes. and she's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, normally our biggest, our I'm like, yeah. average large donation that frees the seller is $1,000. And for some people, that might be a million. I mean, it's so, a lot of people see what we have here. Mm -hmm. We have a huge property. Yes. We have all this and they think we got it, but we really don't. You're just getting started in, in what you can do with I it, you know. I actually had to purchase this with my life savings because we were like, go big or go home. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this. We're going to figure it out. The opportunity fell in our laps to get this place, and we were like, we just, we have to do it. And we couldn't raise enough funds to the rescue, so I'm like, and it's, it's, I don't need any of my life savings. <laughs> Let's buy this place so we can save more animals. But it but is pretty like, nice. We'll figure yes. it out. Well, when you say that you should focus on what you want, yep. that's exactly what we did. We're like, yep. you know what? It'll, we're never going to do it if out. we don't do it. Yeah, it'll figure itself out. Yeah. 
it, it's hard in rescue, especially newer and smaller ones. It's like, uh, I just ate, now I need food. I just ate, now I need food. Yeah. There's never any uh, cachet, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we're going to figure out how we can do that. It's on our toes. Yeah, but <laughs> we need to figure out how we can make this. Uh, we can figure well, out. Well, how- ideally what we want to do is build this out and have it and have a model and share because what we're doing is great. And if a lot of people did this and a lot of people could. And if we can do it yeah. as a small rescue, imagine what these rescues with a million uh, dollars in a bank yeah. do. Or shelters even. I mean, right. they're big enough. Or shelters. Yeah. If dogs don't do good in a shelter, put them in a place like this. I mean, you just have to think about it doesn't work and that's it. So I want it, I mean, to be able to say it's hard for us and we're learning as we go. And being able to say afterwards, this is how we did it and this is kind of... Here's a little outline and have at it. And that's why you're here. Yes. And that's one of the, I've worked with a lot of rescues uh, in the early days of of my career. And uh, I just got a bad taste in my mouth because of desperation, desperation, desperation. And I try to help and they don't do any of the work. I'm like, what What am I doing? I'd have people, uh, a rescue, and it's one dog for nine months. I just wanted to see how long before, I mean, no call, no, no food, no, nine months. And I'm like, Hey, you know, you know, what about the desperate, uh, that's the thing though, the whole it's safe. Now they go get more dogs. So what I love about you guys is that you're not just investing into, uh, somebody to come out and show you how to do this one thing. You're investing into a future of doing it yourself uh, the behavior and everything. You're not just fixing, sending a dog to a trainer, which you have to sometimes yeah. right now while you're developing your abilities, but you're wanting to learn how to do these things yourself so that you don't have to keep doling out money yeah. for a trainer to do something and another trainer to do something and, and to well, find out different. <laughs> right. Well, and it's what we're learning is not only beneficial for dogs that have behavioral problems this is beneficial for all dogs yes they don't get behavioral problems and i can honestly say it's beneficial for people in the rescue and shelter field because the reason we are the way we are is because we're running around saving lives getting emergency calls and slowing down is healthy yes i mean it's forcing you what did i tell you you had to do twice a day leave yes get the fuck out <laughs> i had to start leaving I, I never all right leave. let's go into town yep. let's go into town why you gotta be you gotta get out of here say it. you gotta be you know take care of yourself and that's fine when you're taking care of yourself when you're not doing rescue but when you're doing rescue you should be taking care of yourself while you're doing it too yes and because you're living and breathing it here it's in your home yeah. if i'm not running around my dog's not running around right you know it's it's helping people helping dogs it's helping it all when we do that when we try to do things everything all of the things all the time we crash and then things aren't getting done anyway so if we take that time and do things for ourselves, uh, we find out we actually have more time exactly. to help the dogs you're not exhausted right you know, there's no crash you're around all morning doing breakfast and you're like oh and you're frazzled and then you're frustrated Mm-hmm. Tired faster. Yep. And then the somebody best. pees or poops and they're like, I just fucking clean that. Right. You know, uh, but by doing this, by taking care of yourself, then when they do, we understand and we just clean it up and we move on. Right. Um, well, it puts us in a better state of mind, puts them in a better state of mind. Well, I, I'm really looking forward when I can come back here when there's not a bunch of snow on the ground and and we can we can do well, I want to take dogs into town. Oh no 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 no! We want to miss the deer flies and the <laughs> deer ticks. And, <laughs> I didn't realize how close we were to Canada. I've never been to, to Minnesota. Right. Minnesota, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could drive up there. Good luck. I mean, it's it gets like worse as you get north. Yeah. Well, I told somebody else that I was here and, and uh, uh, that my jacket was like a thick shirt here, my California it's not jacket. like a thick shirt. Thick shirt not, here, at least have lining. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just has pockets like a pretend coat. And they're like, you, and I told them I, just, I bought jeans so that I could come out here. Because yeah, you were like, I don't have anything. <laughs> and that lady was like, I guess he's just going to wear shorts. I'm like, he's going to freeze to death and die. Well, my friend told me that uh, in Minnesota snow is no joke, man. <laughs> Like, I didn't realize. I tried 
I did buy him boots and the boot of his knee, so his shorts, maybe just his knee will be exposed. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, come on, are you kidding me? But uh, I didn't really feel, well, except for yesterday when it got down, the wind was blowing was through my marrow. He's like, I can't <laughs> breathe. But You're frozen. Like, no. Yeah, it did. It walked out and boom, my donut was frozen. <laughs> but <laughs> the only time I really got cold was when we went out to the, the science center and had to lay down in the snow and I got my, I mean, even my pants, they're not really. Yeah. <laughs> they're like jeggings for men. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Like, I'm wearing the girl outside. Yeah. yeah. But that they move when you move, but it was so <laughs> that it was still kind of They look thing. cool, don't they? They do. Yeah, okay. But Belie- they know you were cold. Yes, I was cold. <laughs> um, but that was a great, that, that was a really nice thing for me to experience was, cool was going out to the science center and, yeah. and working with Peggy and, um, and there's another a place that needs help. She has so many wolves, and she has bears, she has mountain lions, she has uh, bobcats, porcupines, and and 150 dogs that nobody wants that uh, that have severe bite histories. And uh, I just had an amazing time out there. And I had, I had seen wolves before, and I I had gone in with what I'm doing parent in the quotations, a wolf sanctuary where I could go in with the wolves and I was like, everybody's like smoking, like hustling you through like they've got, <laughs> like they've got their meth lab they got to get back to or something. I was like, this is ridiculous. But that. It's a legit with, thing. With, That's, yeah. Uh, it's Callahan, right? Peggy yeah, Callahan? Yeah, of course. At the, the science center. Well, she was like a wolf herself. It's like yeah. I had not been sized up by a, uh, a person uh, like that. And, and, Based on hey, Zeus is. Can you hear the the bongos that he's playing with his his whip tail between the? I know he's a he's a good guy, but she has to size people up and decide whether she's going to let them go in and visit mm-hmm. with the wolves. Which wolves? Mm-hmm. We got to go in with uh, the pups that we met a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I met them when they were little babies. That was just amazing, and I had one of those Elmer Fudd hats on, and one of the one of the wolves that grabbed on. Uh, oh, he's going to kiss me, but he grabbed on to my. <laughs> and, and, he, and he wanted it, you know. He wanted it, and so I had to actually. Hey, that's mine. So and, I'm trying to get your keys. Well, and I don't know keys. I just have a a, a leash that I oh, that I created uh, my own thing with the uh, cool buckles and stuff that hang. Yeah, <laughs> he's like pulling on me. Uh, I I thought it was. I got a couple pictures that I'm. I'm you can look at them, and they're not done by a National Geographic photographer. It's like my phone <laughs> did that, and it's just beautiful. She and has programs out there for kids. That's what they do. Teach kids out there. She's a she's another individual that just does nothing else but what she's mm-hmm. doing. She's so good at what she does. And when we left, it was pitch black, and you could just see the silhouettes of all those wolves. I mean, I was saying, hey, imagine there's no fence there. And then they just started making that beautiful music as we were leaving. That was uh, an amazing experience, and I I thank you for letting me. Something that I think a lot of people don't know or even hear, and it's, um, I mean, it's something that nowhere has. They're not living. I mean, they're obviously contained, but they're right. they're living like wolves should live. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> when when you're in there uh, visiting them the best you can, and one of them saunters by, and he's got a deer head in his <laughs> mouth with no nose on, no nose on it, just just the deer head. Hey, hi guys. Well, not the real deal. <laughs> I've seen they respect Peggy so much, and I mean that's um, I think. She's their pack leader. Yeah, no. I mean, she. Totally I watched her pull in a deer and pull it in there with them. I mean, she's holding the food. Yeah. Pull it in a full deer, bloated, by the legs. Yank it in there. She's all alone. Walk out. Shut the door. Someone show, shows up with Wendy's. Eat the burger. I mean, right there with with <laughs> she, deer goo on her hands. That's why we love her. No, she was. She's a. She's a different breed. Yeah. Yeah. I always. I tell people you can't replicate she what's has going a on there. Supportive husband as well. I did not get and to meet him. Angela did for a moment. Just like her. Yeah, Meg's. Makes special too. And that's her daughter, right? Yeah. And she's in actually in Arizona where yeah. I live and she's going to a um, cognition. Co- animal cognition. Or is it just a dog cognition? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, they're lucky to have her. 
So it's been a pretty well-rounded trip for yeah. me. And uh, oh, and tonight we have the UFC. Yeah. Oh, boy. Pizza and beer. Pizza and beer. What would you like everybody to know right now that, that if you could say one thing, whether it's guide them to you or just about dogs in general or rescue, what would you what would you like everybody to know? Uh, for me, I would say it's okay to try something different. Think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also okay to be the underdog. Mm-hmm. But um, in thinking outside of the box, I um, I didn't know I didn't know much about you before you came here. I knew very little, um, and so I was skeptical. If anyone feels like anything that we've said is something that they are struggling with themselves or something that they think they might be interested in, it's well worth having you come um, because it's different than yeah, the norm, it's, but it works better it's than the It's the way norm. to do it. It grows on you. It works better than the norm. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I really wasn't looking for you to to uh, no. give me a, a boost there, but thank you so much. I'll do a rescue plug and say okay. if you're a rescue that's doing anything where it's hard and you're not making a lot of profit because you're taking in animals that actually need rescue to keep doing it. Don't give up. We cry. We get angry. We, we you know, get pissed off and fuck this. We quit. You know, can't do this anymore. Nothing gets better. But you get back up. We get back up. We dust ourselves on. Dust ourselves off and we keep kicking butt because you know what? The animals need us. Yep. And everything will figure itself out eventually. So... Don't give up. Don't, don't give up. Every little success is actually a huge success. That's awesome. Just might not seem that way sometimes. Oh, don't cry all the time. That's why I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Well, you understand. So now we're going to throw that in there. <laughs> so, yes, so Tanya does her uh, version of Lynn. I won't edit out, but I do my version of, of Tanya. Yeah, it's only fair. Go ahead. You can do the whole thing. Do you understand? Talk about the past. What? No, go ahead. Do it the way you want. Do it. I said it wrong, though. Yeah. Who cares? Do it. I don't want to hear about their story before. I want to hear about what's going on now. Focus on now. I don't care about their past. What, where they came from. What happened. I want to talk about now. Focus on now. You understand? Which actually is a very good point. It is a good point. <laughs> but she made me sound like George Bush for some reason. Yeah, I don't really understand what it is. You understand? You understand? Like after one of the uh, the repetitions with Petunia, uh, Emily thought it'd be a good idea to bring a bone out with peanut butter, and, and not just a little peanut butter. She jammed a lot of peanut butter, and so I couldn't really work with Petunia because she was growling and eating at the same time. But after I took Petunia out, uh, Tanya's like. I don't know what kind of peanut butter we have here in Minnesota, but I washed that bed four times and it still smells like peanut butter. Well, it did. Well, I know. <laughs> just in all fairness, it still smells peanut butter. Uh, it's pretty, pretty potent peanut butter here in Minnesota. It was just some Jif, man. Jif. I think it was just because it was in the pole yeah, barn. Sponsor the healing agent. Please have some Jif butter. <laughs> you guys have actually stocked up all kinds of things. You got kitty litter to the ceiling. Oh, she bought that. Oh, oh wow. Well, you still stocked it up. It happens every year at Christmas. They do a sale. It's like... The no, it's Black Friday. Black Friday sale. They do litter sales. And she buys so many pallets of it that they literally say you can't have more. So she has to do multiple stores. Why would They're selling it. Why wouldn't they let you have it? Well, then they chip those. It's, like, it's super cheap. Well, yeah, and you need it. Those cats just... They poop a lot. Yeah. You, so you and the ones out in the pole barn don't like it into the box. They yeah, they throw it everywhere. when it's cheap, man. Yeah, I hear you. The pooping never ends. She's like, never ends. we for it later. We just need to get it cheap. I only got three pallets this year. Okay. I tried for four. <laughs> then we find people to go get it for us. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I just want to thank you both for not just having me out here and 
and planning on having me out here again to, to continue to learn. But everything you do, I see a lot of passion. I see a lot of drive. I, I don't see any quit in you guys. And it's really, really good to see. I've worked with a lot of rescues and you guys are not you're not acting desperate. You're, you're taking kid advantage of everything that you have and, and moving forward properly. I appreciate that. That means a lot. That was one of the main things. I was like, you tell me if I shouldn't be doing this or if we're doing something wrong or if we've got too many. I want to know. Well. Because <laughs> Lynn is, he knows everything. I, all right. That might get cut. I don't know everything. <laughs> yes. Well. Bosses around. Yeah. And well, that's another thing. Uh, but no, really, thank you so much. And, <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, there goes the drinking hand. Okay, so I boss me around. Do it now. Come on, tell me. We got some UFC to watch and some pizza to eat. Are you gonna stick around for the fight, Tina? She has to feed her old folks. I have to feed my little mouth cancer cat. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks for coming. We've eaten there every day because there's I've never seen one of those before and I don't know if I'll ever get to eat there again and so I just like to just taking it in every day. They have a good stroganoff. It's good. Yeah. So you get the same thing every time. Well, I tried. I, well, I tried one Repetition. thing. Oh, I, I tried the the mac and pulled pork, and I was like, if I, if this is my last time to eat it, noodles, I'm go I, I'm gonna stick with the stroganoff. <laughs> I like to end things the way I like to begin oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> you guys have a great night and. Uh, yeah. Well, rescue rock stars. Yeah, that's us. All right. Have a good one. Well, there you have it. That was the interview with the girls at Forever Home Rescue in Minnesota. I hope you liked that. And please tune in next uh, podcast will be John Flores from I Pity the Bull, a good friend of mine. He is the uh, educational partner for School of Dog Psychology. All right. I will see you kids when I see you.